Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. If you're watching online, I just want to say this. We're so glad you are. Many people watch our services live, and then they'll watch the replays throughout the week. It blesses us that you would take time out of your day to do that. But I did want to extend an invitation. If you're ever in Texas, in the Bryan College Station area, why don't you come out to a New Heights Church service? I promise me and everybody here will make you feel right at home in Jesus' name. All right. We're not going to talk long, but we're going to talk real good, okay? And can I just warn you, it's going to get deep in here. And I just also want to warn you, if, if your toes are in the way, there is a significant chance they will get stepped on today. This is uh, not for the faint of heart. This is for those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. This is to take you to higher levels. I have a very significant passion to see your dreams come true. Uh, but one of the areas that I'm most passionate about is family. I'm very passionate about family. I'm very passionate about your children becoming all that God has created them to become. I'm very passionate about your marriage not being something that survives, but actually something that thrives. Come on, somebody. Don't you just want your marriage to just thrive? You don't want to be married for 45 years and have just endured it all, you know? Occasionally, there ought to be something fun about it, right? So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about how to strengthen. Everybody say strengthen. Strengthen our family unit. Matter of fact, if you say, man, I just would like to have my family unit, whether it's you and you're preparing, whether you've been married, whether you're you're divorced and maybe you're going to get married again, or maybe your grandparents, if you just say, for real, preacher, I would like my marriage strengthened, just wave one hand at me just like this. Two of you, praise the Lord. Here we go. No, I'm just kidding. Here we go. Matthew 6 and 33. Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first, somebody say first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, somebody say things, all these things will be added unto you. We've been talking all month long about uh, uh, relationships. Our series is called Ships. We're talking about how to navigate relationships God's way. I want to be very specific now. I am not talking about evangelism right now. Evangelism is the seeking out of people that do not know the Lord to expose them to the gospel in hopes that they would make the wise choice to trust Jesus with their life. That is wonderful and nobody is excluded from that. Give me two amens. Okay. So nobody's excluded from that. What I'm talking about today, though, is relationships. These are the people that are in your life that have an effect on your life, and you have an effect on their life. I introduced an acronym at the beginning of the month, uh, G-F-E. If you remember it, let's say what it means, starting with God, family. All right, now we all know it. Let's say it again. Here we go. God, everybody else. If we keep our relationships in that order and prioritized in that order, we will max out what God has for us to receive, attain, walk in, flow in, and everything else. But at the end of it, if we try to put them out of order, now it stays the blessing of God, not because God doesn't want to bless us, but because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 that everything should be done in order. Somebody say order. When we get things out of order with God, it's difficult for us to receive from God. But if we can keep things in order, G-F-E, let's say it again, God, family, everybody else. When we can keep things in order that way, now all of a sudden, sir, you are 10 times the husband you would have been if you did not have a relationship with God when you keep your relationship with God. 
You are 10 times, maybe a 1,000 times better at being a dad when you keep your relationship with your heavenly father first place in your life than you ever could have been if you tried to get it flipped. Same scenario for you ladies. You're, the, you're a better wife to your husband than you ever could have been if you keep... You're better when you keep God first than you ever could have been if you start to get it out of order. The problem that we have in society, and I will only speak for the U.S. of A. because that is where I live, is we have people living what should be GFE, but it's actually EGE, or excuse me, EGF. We got everybody else taking priority over what God has shown us is eternal. Now, what happens is you have people that did not pay the price to have that level of access into your life, having that level of access in your life. Crystal and I went to a, a fancy hotel a few weeks ago for our anniversary, and it was wonderful, and we, we got a suite, and it was awesome, and it had a balcony and a fireplace. I mean, it was swanky. It was a nice place to stay. But you get into the, the, the elevator, and there was a certain number of floors that anybody in the hotel could go to. But there was another set of floors where you had to have a special code, a special key, and you had to use a key in the elevator to get you to the higher levels. Now, the difference between the lower levels and the higher levels was the higher levels, somebody paid more to access the higher levels than they paid to access the lower levels. When we put everybody else in front of God or in front of our family, and when I say everybody else, I'm talking about everybody that you encounter in your life outside of God and outside of your family and family of choice. When we put everybody else there, what we've done is we have invited somebody that did not and does not and will not pay the price for access to those upper levels of our life into the upper levels of our life, and we are setting the entire thing up to crumble. Does this make sense? So today, we're going to talk about specifically how to strengthen our families. Somebody say family. First off, I'm going to give you three. And again, I just want to tell you, it's going to get heavy in here. I just want you to know I'm totally comfortable with that. I don't want anybody wigging out. I just want you to know this is going to be a heavy sermon. Somebody say heavy. All right. Number one, you have to stabilize your family. Everybody say stabilize. This is very important. It is not the storm that causes the issues. It is when something that was supposed to be stable in the storm breaks down that causes the issues. For example, if it's the middle of a thunderstorm, which we have some of those around here, and it's raining, and you're at your home, you, you're not happy about it, but you just don't care because you're sitting in your house. In other words, the storm is not causing an issue. It's just raining outside. But if you have a hole in your roof, now all of a sudden, your home, which was supposed to be a stabilized entity, has failed in a certain area. And now all of a sudden, the storm is the root of the problem, but the reason it's affecting you is because your roof, which was supposed to remain stable in the storm, has broken down, and now you've got an issue that has to be mopped up. Everybody's going to go through storms. Everybody's going to go through trials. When there's a windstorm outside and you see the winds ripping and blowing and you're in your house, the wind's not hitting you, as soon as you see a 60-foot-tall oak tree fall over, it's not the fact that the storm was significant. It's the fact that what was supposed to be stable has been knocked over by the storm. We have to find stability. Somebody say stability. We have to find stability in the face of every storm, in the face of every issue, because the truth of the matter is, if we do not have a stable environment, we create an atmosphere for things to go awry. Remember, we just read it in John chapter 12. Everybody in the room smelled the perfume of her offering in her worship. Did you know you have the authority to set the atmosphere in your own home? You have the authority to dictate the kind of environment that you're going to live in. 
because it's not the storm that causes things and families to break down. It's when what was supposed to be stable breaks down in the middle of the storm. Nobody said you're not going to have disagreements. Nobody said you're not going to potentially have issues. The challenge is, can you get to the place where your relationship, somebody say ship, where your relationship stays stable even though there is a storm? You can actually start, if you have a disagreement with your spouse, from the place of forgiveness and repentance and still work out all the details. So let me give you an example. If, if Crystal and I had a disagreement, which we seldom do, and that's the God's honest truth, but if we ever had a disagreement, if she says, hey, you said this to me and it hurt my feelings or it bothered me or whatever, my starting point is not to explain myself and to dictate how she must have heard me wrong. My starting point is to say, sugar bird, Y'all going to have to call her Sugar Bird when y'all see her next time. Hey, Pastor Sugar Bird. Sugar Bird, I love you. Couldn't love you more than I do. I never, ever would have intentionally hurt your feelings. I apologize, and there's not one thing in my life that I won't change for you. Do you know how easy the conversation goes after that? Or if she ever said something to me that bothered me, and I said, hey, baby, listen. When you said that, it made me feel less than, or it, 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 it knee-jerked in me a reaction, and I, I just wanted to, 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 be, to be short. I know you wouldn't ever admit it, and, and all of a sudden, she says, oh my gosh, Brian, I never in a million years would want to hurt your feelings. I never would want to say anything like that. I apologize, and I'll change anything for you. Now, all of a sudden, we can still discuss the details because the details are important because without the details, you'll do it again. You hear what I'm saying? So there still has to be some knowledge. You know, uh, uh, people perish for lack of knowledge. I still want to know what did I say that hurt you, but more importantly than anything that I'm going to explain is the fact that I want her to know I sincerely and deeply apologize instantaneously, now let's talk about the details. See, it shifts your whole marriage. Can, can you just feel how that changes the atmosphere? It changes the entire atmosphere. You say, well, I would, you know, our disagreements, it only happens behind closed doors. Our kids have never seen them. Let me just tell you something. When you take a pot of boiling water, the water disappears, but the water never left. It's just in a different form. It's still in the atmosphere. And your children are not stupid. Come on. Your husband is not stupid. Your wife is not stupid. When you walk into a room and you sense, whoa, whoa, what happened in here? Number one, that's not like a mythological gift. That's actually discernment that God gives each one of us. But what happens is, you can set the atmosphere. You can never say it. You can never let it happen. But instead of that water that's boiling being something cooled off that's actually nourishment, all it is is something that's been changed into the atmosphere and now it's adversely setting the stage instead of positively setting the stage. I feel like I just need to beat this dead horse for a minute. In other words... When you make people walk on eggshells around you because they better not say that to me and they better not think that and don't they know the kind of day I've had and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, what has happened is you are affecting the atmosphere and what will happen is that stuff becomes toxic to your loved ones, especially your children. Well, I, I don't know how to change it. You change it by starting with repentance and forgiveness and then discussing the details. Because what will happen is this, and this may be the most important thing you'll hear today if you're a parent. 
every giant that you do not kill, your children will have to fight. They have their own giants that they're supposed to kill. But they'll spend the rest of their life killing your giants if you decide to allow your bad attitude or emotions to change the atmosphere in the home. And then, let me tell you something. I'll be more clear on this in a minute, but they don't do what we say. They do what we do. So how do I know how to talk to my husband or my wife? First off, it's easy for me because I have children. I have son, I have one son, two daughters. I don't talk to Crystal any way that I would not want my daughters spoken to by their husband. Does this make sense? I see you guys out there. Y'all still got a little rascal in you. Some of y'all that have daughters, you're like, hey, better not talk to my little girl like that. Well, Jethro, I just need to tell you, your wife is God's little girl. So when you spout off, well, she said this to me. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? You are responsible for your actions, not anybody else. Stability. Somebody say stability. Stability means we create an environment of stability by doing the right thing because it is the right thing. Over and over and over and over again. We do the right thing Every time we have the chance, I don't see it working. The Bible says, don't grow weary in well-doing and doing the right thing because in due season, in other words, at the right time, you're going to reap, but then there's a comma, if you faint not. The moment you start thinking, I just as well give up, is the moment Satan is going to send a thousand of his little minions your way to try to throw fiery darts at you to make you think something about your spouse. The moment you decide quitting is an option is when he's going to start flinging the fiery darts. Now, I'm talking about two believers that are married, okay? Two believers. That means both sides are working towards the things of God. Does that make sense? But literally... We can create stability by doing the right thing just because it's the right thing. Not doing the right thing when nobody's looking. Not doing the right thing whenever we're, uh, 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 nobody's going to find out. But being willing to do the wrong thing because we think we can get away with it. These are things, these are devils, these are, are, are giants that if you do not face them, your children will. And your children are supposed to have their own set of giants. If I had time, I'd show you in the Old Testament very clearly. But at the end of it, we have to get to the place where we are acting responsible for the environment and doing our very best to create a stabilized environment so that when our kids come home, they don't walk in and feel all the friction of an argument that we just had. They don't walk in and feel all the friction of how are we going to pay our bills. They don't walk in and feel all that friction, but rather they walk in and feel the presence of Almighty God and know that He's never left us, He never will leave us, and their household will be the same as our household in Jesus' name. This is the shift that comes when you take responsibility for the atmosphere in your home. I have three children. One's 12, one's 10, one's 7. None of them have ever had a nightmare. Come on, give me two amens. I'm celebrating that fact. Every one of my children, I don't know if the oldest still do, but every one of my children was raised with praise and worship music playing in their room while they slept and they have gone to sleep to it. The Bible says that when, the, when, when we begin to worship God, he comes and gets inside the praises of his people. You could actually read it with, it's almost like our praise and worship builds a chair for God to sit in. That's why we spend nearly half the service worshiping God 
through song and praise and worship because we can't do anything without him, but with Christ Jesus, we can do all things. So we need him here, right? So in, in our home, from the very beginning, from the foundation, when they were little bitty babies, we've been playing praise and worship music because where God is, devils can't stay. Now, don't picture the devil running in with a pitchfork and, and a pointy tail. I'm talking about any thought that is contrary to the knowledge of God. That is what we are completely and totally willing to cast down. That means God gave us, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So for me, nightmares are of the devil, and I'm not having them in my home. So I'm creating an atmosphere. I'm creating an atmosphere that will positively affect the situation. I'm not creating an atmosphere that will negatively affect the situation. Does this make sense? The next time you and your spouse have an argument, let me just tell you one of the best things you can do, whichever one's quickest to do it, uh, it's a really uh, sharp thing to do. It'd be even better if you both agreed to it ahead of time. Say, before we discuss this, let's hold hands and pray out loud for one another for 20 seconds each. Why 20 seconds? Because I don't figure you'd make 10 if I didn't tell you at least 20. <laughs> Got an argument happening, something, there's a disagreement, you sense the friction, the atmosphere begins to change. Baby, can we just do what we agreed on? Can we pray real quick? And then you hold hands and say, Father, thank you for my wife. Thank you that she's about to see very clearly that I'm right and she's wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for my wife that has given me children, that is so wonderful and kind and smart. I thank you for helping me be a better husband in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, for my husband. Thank you that he's strong like a big stag leaping from mountaintop to mountaintop. No. Thank you, Jesus, for my husband. Thank you that what you have joined together, nobody's going to divide. Thank you for helping me be a better wife in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Then you talk. You'll kill all the influence of the adversary in your family. Ephesians chapter number four. Told you I was going to be a little heavy, huh? Got two more points. Ephesians 4 and verse 26. Everybody say stabilize. stabilize. All right, 26 says this. Be ye angry and not sin. In other words, if you get mad, don't sin. Just because you're mad doesn't mean you have to say every thought that comes in your head. You are not responsible for all of your thoughts, but you are very responsible for what you do with them. So just because you have a thought to bring up that thing that happened 12 years ago... Let me ask it differently. When is the last time Jesus brought up your sin from 12 years ago? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I feel families getting stronger just while we're talking this morning. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I am so very thankful that Crystal and I learned that even before we got married. And we committed to never have an argument and go to sleep without a resolution. A disagreement, discord, whatever it is. He said, man, I, I, I don't want to lose some sleep. You can lose your whole marriage if you're not careful. What happens is you make a commitment together. This is for two believers. You make a commitment together. Hey, we're not going to sleep while there's something between us. The reason being, next verse, neither give place to the devil. Because what happens is the atmosphere begins to respond to that discord. Then you sleep on it. A day or two goes by, maybe a week. You can't even remember what you were frustrated about. You just know you're frustrated. And the reality is, is you've got the enemy trying to whisper in her ear, trying to whisper in your ear. And the truth is, is you set a place setting for the devil on your dining room table. And he's eating there every night because there was a place given to him. See what I'm saying? We're not going to give place to the devil. We're going to... 
we're going to rage against the enemy. And we do that several ways. But one of the ways James talks about is just to resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? Every time, every time you want to say something caustic or hard to your family and you don't do it, you are resisting the devil. Let me just say this as a side note. I didn't say this in the first service. Thank you, Lord. If your house is so riddled with sarcasm, I'm not saying we don't laugh and joke, but I'm saying if it is so riddled with sarcasm that the level of communication is shallow, the other side of it is giving room for the enemy to try to come and fill in. There's nothing wrong with joking. There's nothing wrong with, with, with having a good time. But if your whole house is filled with nothing but sarcasm one way to the other, if, if when your kids do something wrong, and they do, maybe they don't even know what they did, and instead of telling them, hey, this is the area that you did wrong, you say a bunch of smart aleck stuff, that your mom or your dad said to you, or you say a bunch of smart aleck stuff that you saw on an episode of a sitcom, don't be shocked when they smart off to you because that's all you sowed. You will just reap that harvest. Does this make sense? So what happens is for us, we're gonna cultivate an atmosphere of stability because when the storms come, I need to know the roof's not going to leak. Because it's not the storm that caused the problem. It's when something that is supposed to be stable begins to break down. Begins to let something in that it was supposed to keep out. Does this make sense? So with your kids, when you're dealing with them, I'm not saying don't have a good time. I'm not saying any of that. Nobody has more fun than we do. But we committed a long time ago that we don't talk to our kids in code. Smart aleck, sarcastic code that the only way they can understand it is to become a smart aleck. Therefore, whenever we have them, when they say something smart back to us, we know that's not our harvest because we didn't sow that. You see what I'm saying? Everybody say, leave me alone, preacher. All right, number two. This is one of those shouting sermons, isn't it? Get everybody excited. <laughs> number two, everybody say two. two. Fortify. You got to bring stability in your house and then you got to fortify it. You've got to make sure that what you're building will outlast the enemy. Because sometimes you will not be delivered instantly. I don't like that part of the Bible. Me either, but it's true. If it wasn't necessary for us to resist the devil, he wouldn't have put it in the Bible. There's some things you're just gonna have to outlast him. I've gone through stuff where I felt like the devil was punching on me and the only positive thing I could say is if he keeps hitting me, sooner or later he's going to hurt his hand. <laughs> Yet still being willing to resist the devil until the promise of God manifests. The fact of him fleeing the situation. Because I'm not going to get weary, I'm not going to quit doing what's right in the process because I don't know the exact time, but I do know due season is coming, and in due season, I'm going to reap because I committed a long time ago not to quit if we faint not. Does this make sense? We have to fortify our home. When you attack your loved one, it's like kicking holes in your own house. And then we complain about the wind and rain getting in. Your loved ones, your family, GFE, your family, 
They are the eternal facet of relationships in your life, including your family that you are born with, your family of choice that you live life with, and the body of Christ as a whole. That means you have lost your right to talk about your brother and sister, even if it's a Christian on TV. Even if it's a preacher, I just don't like what they have to say about all that. Well, change the channel, but keep your mouth shut about your brother and sister in Christ. Well, I don't know if they're a Christian. Well, who else would you like to judge? Because what happens is you don't know when you need forgiveness, but you do know you will reap what you sow. So if you are sowing discord up close or at a distance, that is the seed you can anticipate coming up in your life and sooner or later harvesting. I know a very prominent minister. If I said his name, most people would know it. Who, out of his own mouth, said he used to be so hard when, when preachers went through stuff. And he would, he would say, I can't believe they did that. And I can't believe this. And then something came up in his own house. And all the people that he was hard to, nobody, want, nobody was in relationship with him anymore. And he said, I learned that day the other side of seed time and harvest. See, God is not mocked. Whatever we sow, that we will reap. Whatever we plant, that's what's going to grow. Can I say it differently for all of us from Texas? If you plant corn, you get corn. You can't sow discord and reap forgiveness. I want my forgiveness account so full that if I ever were to stub my toe, I would be forgiven by everybody that I've already forgiven. Does this make sense? So we have to fortify our homes. Kids don't do what we say. They do what we do. There was a lady one time, and she had this awesome pot roast recipe. It's 12.15, we're about 10 minutes maybe from being done with service. So I'm going to talk about pot roast for a minute. She would take the pot roast. First thing she would do, she would cut it in half. She'd put it in a pot. She'd take some, some chicken broth and pour it over in there. Then she'd cut up some carrots. She'd cut up some celery. Then she'd cut up some potatoes and put them in there. Take some salt and pepper. And then she'd put some uh, Worcester, uh, Worcestershire, Worcestershire. Uh, uh, she'd put Lee and Perrins in it. She'd put that sauce in it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. She'd put that in it. She'd put it in the oven four, six hours later. She'd open it up, and, and all of a sudden, there'd be this beautiful pot roast, and she'd take all those vegetables, and she'd take a little cornstarch and mix it up in a, in a cup and pour it in there and have that stuff thicken up down in there, and all of a sudden, it was just sitting in its own gravy, and then before you know it, she'd have a thing of rolls in there, and they'd come out, and she'd put some butter on. I'm talking about salted butter. I'm not talking about that ungodly butter. I'm talking about <laughs> salted butter. She'd put that on it, and then all you needed was a big glass of sweet tea, and you were good to go. Ushers, lock the doors. <laughs> I'm hungry, Mildred. Let's go. And every time there was a, the potluck at the church, she'd bring that pot roast. About, this is the best pot roast there ever was, ever could be. It's just so amazing until somebody started asking her about it. She said, hey, how come, what kind of carrots do you use? She said, well, you get the big carrots, you got to cut them up. If you get the baby carrots, just throw them in there. So what kind of potato do you use? Only use Idaho potatoes. Cut them up. In, in, in one inch by one inch block so they get nice and soft, soak all that gravy up. Are you hungry yet? She said, make sure and use plenty of salt and pepper and they're going to act like you, you can use too much of that Worcestershire sauce. But you just use as much as you want. Just pour it in there. It is wonderful. And then somebody asked her one day, she said, well, why don't we cut the roast in half? She said, let me get back to you on that. So she called her mother. Her mother was 92 years old, living in a nursing home. She said, Mom. She said, yeah. I said, you know that pot roast recipe? She said, Lord, yes, I know that pot roast recipe. It's how I, want, that's how I got your daddy. <laughs> we were at church one day, and I said, I cooked a meal. Me and my mom did. Won't you come over? And I gave him some of that pot roast, and he never left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one, Mom. So I told him about the carrots. I told him about the celery. I told him about the potatoes. But, but, but I'm wondering, they asked me, why do we cut the roast in half? She said, oh, child, 
I only cut the roast in half because I didn't have a pot big enough to hold one. They don't do what we say. They do what we do. You see what I'm saying? So for us, we have to establish the atmosphere. We have to establish we're going to do right because right is right. We're not going to allow our own emotions and feelings and frustrations, which might even be true, to change the atmosphere of our home. When you go up in the mountains, I like to go up to Colorado and we, we always take a humidifier because what happens is you get up there and it's a very arid climate, it's very dry. And when you're from Texas where we are and it's like 80% humidity, sometimes more, uh, you get in that arid climate and it can affect you very much. So what you do is you take a humidifier and it puts water vapor or steam into the room or the atmosphere. Somebody say atmosphere. It changes it. So what happens whenever you get frustrated, even though you don't do it around your kids, it changes the atmosphere. See, the water boiling on the stove doesn't leave. It just changes, and now the atmosphere is different. When somebody walks into your house, what are they sensing? Are they sensing the presence of God? Or are they sensing discord? When you put your kids to bed, they ought to lay their head on their pillow knowing two things certainly are true. Number one, God loves you exactly how you are. And number two, mom and dad love you more than we love our next breath. The atmosphere begins to change. Don't just go through life waiting on an opportunity to love your spouse. Love your spouse strategically and on purpose. I don't want the goal to be survival. I want the goal to be thriving at the highest level possible in my marriage. I want Crystal to know you are the only one and there's not even a close second. Second doesn't even exist. If I've hurt your feelings, I instantaneously repent. I am sorry. And if you'll tell me the details, I will change it this day because having you close to me is more important than any of the emotions, feelings, or thoughts that I am wrestling with right now. It begins to shift and your entire atmosphere changes. Now, like my children going to sleep with that worship music, now the presence of the Lord begins to become the standard in your home. You can just, you can just have worship music playing in your house. You can just have praise and worship music playing in your car. You can turn your car into a worship session. You can turn the the iPod at work into a worship session. You can use that same time that the enemy's trying to get all the fear from the news and the fear from the things that are happening and the fear from the things from the company and all those other issues. You can use that time not to try to just get the devil out, but get God so saturated in the room that the devil can't make his way in. By the atmosphere, it changes everything. By the time by the time Sunday rolls around, I'm chewing on rocks, ready to get to church. Wednesday night is non-negotiable for me. I'm in the house of God because that atmosphere where I come in, the Bible says that He'll inhabit His praise, the praise of His people. I know He's going to be here, and wherever He is, things change for the better. We got to get to the place where we don't just stabilize our families, but we fortify our families. That means brick by brick, we build a fortress of worship that the devil cannot penetrate. I already chose to forgive you before I knew what you did. Not explain to me what you did, and then I will validate if you are worth forgiving. I know it sounds funny in a room like this, but it is one of the truest things I've said this morning. We weigh people's issue with us and then we dole out our forgiveness like we are a a blackjack dealer in Vegas. You get my forgiveness, you don't. You get my forgiveness, you don't. When Jesus never one time looked at you and said, I'm going to hold that sin against them. You are the most like Christ when you are forgiving somebody that is actually harming you. When he was being nailed to the tree, he said, Father, forgive these people. They don't know what they are doing. 
He had done nothing wrong. They were completely wrong for what they were doing, yet he was still willing to forgive them. And in the most deep, dark place, we know that the presence of God was still right there. Because it's not the storm that causes the issue, it's the breakdown of the stability. Oh, how are we going to pay our bills? They feel that. Stand in faith. What happens if it doesn't work? That's impossible. God is not a man that he should lie. We uproot our seed when we start speaking doubt with our mouth. He cannot lie. What he said he will do, he will do. And if it looks like it doesn't work, when you skip into heaven, you will realize that heaven is not a penalty. It is simply a reward. Everything about your family unit needs to be stabilized in the things of God, needs to be fortified in the things of God. And last but not least, number three, it has to be defended at all costs. Somebody say defend. Everything that's worth having has to be defended. Everything that's worth keeping has to be defended. Every facet of your life will have an area that has to be defended, but it's not defended like the world thinks, like everybody has to agree with me. It's defended from a standpoint that I'm keeping GFE in order. I'm fighting to defend my relationship with God. That's in the time that I'm committed to my extracurricular activities, the things everybody else thinks are important. I'm I'm keeping God first place in my life. I remember I, I had a job in college. It was a great job. They worked with me really well. They, they helped me with my books. They paid for my books in school and did all this stuff for me. And I told them, I said, I don't work on Sunday mornings. I'm just a kid. I don't have any leverage. I was about 20. I said, I, said, I don't work on Sunday mornings. They said, well, our meetings, staff meetings are on Sunday morning. I said, well, respectfully, if that's the condition of the job, it's not the job for me. Because I'm going to be in the house of God on Sunday morning." They said, they said, well, that's just, you know what? We can't make whatever. Uh, uh, we still want to hire you, but, but that's, you know, that's just going to be the way it is. I said, I'm, I'm not telling you that I'm not telling you that you have to hire me. <laughs> I'm telling you I'm not doing that. And they said, all right, well, we still want to hire you. You know, we'll talk about the meetings when they get there. I said, okay, I just want you to know I'm not going to be there. <laughs> I said, all right, now I'm 20 years old different kind of situation but I remember they called a meeting and I went to the manager I said hey I'm not going to be there they said well you, you need to be there you're going to lose your job I said I understand you need, if, if that's the case just tell me now if not I'm telling you I'm not going to be there I love you you're nice everything's wonderful but I'm not coming they said well we'll just see I said okay next week go by I'm still on the schedule I said am I still employed they said yeah you're still employed but you got to be at those meetings I said, I love you, but I'm not coming to the meeting. If you need to fire me, fire me. But I'm not coming. If you want me to resign, I'll resign. I got no problem. My God shall supply my needs according to his riches and glory, not according to the riches of this company. I said, well, we'll just see. A couple of years later, they said, they said, they said, you're the only person we let slide from that. And they had kept me in a certain department for a long time. And then they, they, they changed my deal. They said, we don't want you in a department. What we want to do is when certain types of customers come in, we want them to just come with you. Would that be okay? I said, yeah. By the time I, I got done working there, I worked there one day a week and called in most of the time that week, told them I couldn't make it. And they kept me on, kept me on, kept me on. Finally, one day I said, I said, why do you guys keep me on here? I said, you realize y'all are paying for my books. I barely come to work. And I called him and tell him, I wasn't like disrespectful, it was just something would come up. I'm in college. My job was to get a degree, okay? That was, that was my main job. So I told him, I said, what? Why do you guys keep me on? I said, well, we were thinking about letting you go. But we looked at it, and we can't figure it out. But the days that you're here, we do $30,000 more a day than the days you're not here. They said, can you explain that? I said, well, I am blessed in the city and blessed in the field, blessed coming in and blessed going out. They said, well, whatever. You don't have to come to the meetings. Just let us know when you're going to be here. (laughs) 
You got to defend it. Defense means you're willing for it to cost you something. You can't commit to the house of God and it not cost you something. You can't commit to a life group and it not cost you something. Every person that shows up at life group, it costs them something. There is something else they could be doing. It is 2019. We are all busy little beavers. That made me want to go to Bucky's just like that. Between that lady's pot roast and beaver nuggets, we're all going to be hungry in a minute. Everybody say GFE. It has to be defended. Your relationship with God has to be defended. The relationship with your family has to be defended. That means in your family, I'm just going to give you guys a couple of things that can work really well if they're applied properly. You can set yourself a family night. Maybe Friday night. Maybe it doesn't have to be all night. You know, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, whatever. I said, what are we going to do? We're going to have a family meeting. What are we going to talk about? Just stuff. Why would you do that? Because everything else important in your life you'll set a meeting for. You'll set an appointment for. So what we do is we set an appointment with our family. People call and say, why don't you come do this? Oh, I love you. I got a meeting. It's a meeting with my family. It's an appointment with my family. Because everybody else may or may not come. But my family is an eternal relationship. So everybody else doesn't get placed above my family. Some of you, this is so new, it's almost like, how do I start? You just take baby steps. You just take baby steps. And before you know it, you'll start seeing an improvement in every relationship in your house. Wouldn't it be awesome if there was no arguments in your home? Wouldn't it be awesome if you didn't have to walk on eggshells when you came home? Wouldn't it be awesome if he put his boots by the door like you've asked him to 800 times? Build him up and watch that man of God flourish in your home. Build her up and watch that woman of God flourish in your home. Before your very eyes, it'll be like a flower blossoming. When we stop trying to take what we need, but instead we try to give what they need. Now the law of reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping comes into play. Now, because I don't have time, pretty much done teaching now, but if we had time, I'd, I'd talk to you about you don't feed a plant what a tiger wants to eat. And you don't feed a tiger what a plant needs to grow. You spend your life navigating your relationships in your family. What does this one need? What does this one need? My wife is not like me. Praise the Lord. If, it, if, if, if it's hunting or fishing or outdoors or motors or loud, involves explosions, I'm probably in. Her, on the other hand, spa day, okay? I don't give her taxidermy stuff. Honey... That's what I shot for you. Looky here. Praise the Lord. I named him Bucky. Can we put him over the dining room table? Because she would say, sure thing, hon. Put him up there. Next day, he'd be missing. I don't know. Somebody broke in, stole Bucky. But you give them what they need. You give them what makes them flourish. You stop focusing on yourself. Maybe the realest thing I'm saying all morning, stop focusing on yourself so much. Try to meet their needs. At our house, it's, it's like a competition. We're not in competition against each other. We're in competition for each other. Who can do the nicest thing? Who can say something nice? This morning... I got a text message while I was brushing my teeth. Two eggs or three. 
Woman? You're a bad girl. I'll take three. I walk out. There's a plate sitting there. It's a glass of water. I said, man, she knows exactly what I want. Looky here. So I said, thanks, sugar bird. And it changes things. You start trying to propel them into their future instead of reminding them of their past. Anything you say that would be hurtful to them is like you cutting yourself. And nobody that is healthy cuts themselves. I believe this so much. I had a necklace made. It says GFE. Pretty sweet, huh? On the back of it, it says ships, and it's got our ship thing on it. But that way, I can remember this. Because I'm not getting this out of order. Let's say it together. God. Anybody want this? Anybody want me to give this to you? Who would like to have this as a reminder? Too bad. Ha, I'm just kidding. Come on in, guys. We've got one for everybody in the room. One of these awesome necklaces. Come on, we're going to let God do what God said he'll do. He's going to help us. He's going to equip us. He's going to make us better at it. Our relationships are going to be so strong. He's going to make a way for us where there was no way. He's the Alpha and the Omega. We're going to stabilize our houses. We're going to fortify our houses. We're going to defend our faith. We're going to see God do exactly what he said he would do when we keep our relationships in proper order. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's all stand to our feet. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.